Dopio. Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Coming at you today, sponsored by Open Studio. Go to Open Studio Jazz to check out all of our courses, including our piano courses and our piano access pass. That's every piano course we make. Yes. Do that. Uh, also, if you're watching on YouTube, because we are on YouTube. We're back on YouTube. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe this video right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even hit the little bell. Little bell. It looks like a little hand, Put you know, like on. a little fist. So when we go live, which we. As it were, we are live jazz musicians. It could happen at any time. That's right. Uh, today, we are dominating our Lydian dominance. That's right. About that? Well, I know about this because we've done this already, uh, this episode. So this is going to be take two, as we say. We did it several weeks ago. We had a little, we had a little technical issue with the I know MIDI. We, I happened. know I wasn't supposed to talk about that, but that was fun. We did a whole episode, and then we lost the MIDI, and we almost put it out. But we know how much folks have been loving the beautiful screen below that you will see. The, uh, so we're keyboard. redoing it, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how we roll here. But it's all right. I could talk about Lydian Dominance, you know, at least once a week for several weeks in a row. Uh, Are we going to be doing this once a week for several weeks? God, I hope not. <laughs> God, I hope not. Well, let's get into it, though. Okay. So uh, are we staying in the key of D-flat? Because that could be fun. Well, I don't know. I, sh- I actually shifted back and forth. A l- yeah, let's do D-flat. I think it's it's always good to look at things in sort of different ways. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so the Lydian dominant is a scale based off of the melodic minor sound. It is. Is it? Okay, yes, good. This it. is going to be another one, sort of <laughs> like the um, altered scale. It's our award-winning altered scale, where we have two different ways of looking at it, but that might help some people. It's the fourth mode of the melodic minor. So if we have our D-flat Melodian... Uh, Melodian! Oh! <laughs> we have our D-flat Lydian dominant. It's based off of an A-flat melodic minor. So in Ascending. D- Ascending. A-flat oh, my melodic. gosh. This classical right? dude. Okay. <laughs> so uh, for D-flat Lydian dominant, we have D-flat, E-flat, F, G natural, A-flat, B-flat, C-flat, D-flat. So it's just like a, a dominant scale. Wait, you just called me classical and you said C-flat. Oh, because it is. Because it is. Okay. Get your mind around it, man. Uh, so... Here's our regular dominant scale, right? With the G flat. Yeah. So that's how I think about it. This is, uh, by the way, we're because we're in D flat. This is, I feel like we're advanced explaining right now. That's you right. Gotta, you gotta do it we're advanced D-flat. splaining. Advanced we're we're splaining. both mansplaining and advanced splaining. Damn right. Okay. So, so that's our regular dominant scale. Our Lydian dominant, we just sharp that force. So we have a, a G natural here. As you so eloquently just played. Now, would you normally. Here, because actually, what what came out of the altered scale discussion in episode, I think that was great, was the different ways we think about it, the different ways that we hear that scale and sound, yeah, and then different ways that we that that leads to us applying it in improvised situations, which yeah. is so cool because that's we're not learning these so that we, so that we can have a theoretical mastery of it. We're not theory professors, right? Um, it might seem like we are, but but we 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 really want to try to help connect you guys with different approaches to applying this to your improv, right? Yeah, that's right. And so, like, would you normally hear this as more of a Lydian scale with a dominant seventh or a dominant seventh scale with a raised fourth? I think of this as a dominant seven with a sharp 11. Me that's, too. That's the first way I think about it. Good. Yeah. So, but no, well, the first way you said was a melodic minor starting on. Well, that's, what it's, that's what it's derived from. Okay. But you'll most often use this in the case of like, again, if we're in the key of D flat here, or I guess G flat. Uh, D flat seven, sharp yeah. 11. This is the chord symbol you might say. D flat seven, sharp 11. Yeah. And that to me implies a Lydian dominant scale. Yeah. 
right? Yep. So the first usage of this is actually as a dominant scale. I feel like this gets slept on a lot um, by people for using it as a dominant scale going to a one. So again, D flat seven sharp eleven to G flat major six nine here. It's a great way, like it's kind of like your first step into adding some tension yeah. to your dominant scale. It's a little slight tension. Right? Uh, pretty light tension. It's pretty light, but it does have that. Right? Which is a yeah. nice leading tone towards the nine of the major. It's almost like it's Thanksgiving dinner. Everyone's sitting down. You got all the relatives. You got Uncle Bob and Auntie Susie. And everything is just straight, no tension. And then there's just a little bit, which is like, so who are you supporting in the presidential election this year? Ooh, just a little tension. <laughs> oh, Uncle Bob <laughs> is adding some tension. Let's see what Aunt Kathy has to say. Yeah, you haven't fully blurted it out yet, but right. So, um, yeah, that's great. Um, that's sort of level one is like your five one. You can use it as sort of your first step into altering a dominant chord. Like a, I like it because it's it's not as like sharp or as heavy as say if we were using an altered, dom like a like a fully altered you know, kind of sound. Yeah, it's it's not that thick. It's not that that dark right? right it's more playful yeah can i jump ahead to maybe what is not level two might be a higher level but i think it's an interesting one sure would be um this is a funny way to think about it but melodically i would use this a lot um b major seven with a raised fifth and then also up to the 11th i mean to the ninth what? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> wait. What? Yeah, we talk about the jazz arpeggio, right? Right. Which is one, three, five, seven, nine. Right. I mean, like over like a C seven, it would just be C E G, uh, B flat D, but it could be anything. Or it's just a one, a three, a five, and a seven, and a nine. Right. And so, like that shape, because. Oh, I see. What you're saying. I use that so much. Uh, so a lot of times I'll hear things melodically. You're saying it's like an arpeggio on, device. It's an arpeggio yeah. device, right? So you're not buying it, are you? No, I am buying it because you know when we talked about even like a... yeah, 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 that kind of thing. No, when we talked about the altered scale, I use that shape, and that applies here as as this is an A flat, you know, um, melodic minor. It could be a G seven altered. It could be a D flat seven sharp eleven. Yeah. Yeah, that shape, it's a very similar thing. That just arpeggiating the the, the the main chunks of the chord. You think of it like it would, is a B arpeggio. That's interesting. Yeah, and it's it's more like kind of hearing it because the thing with arpeggiating it like this and then moving up, it's kind of the natural way you would move up you know, as part of your line. Man, you really went in the weeds on this early. I, I did, I know. That's why I said I'm <laughs> skipping ahead a couple. But you also, know how it is? YouTube's a fickle crowd. If you don't oh, get yeah. to it pretty early, they're like, bam. You know? But again, it's more even more in the weeds because it's like we're using D flat. So you said B arpeggio. <laughs> it's really C flat. You know what I mean? Oh, come on, I man. Know. I know. But but also, I like the arpeggiated concept, and especially the jazz arpeggiated concept with the 7th and the ninth, because that reveals to your ears more than anything um, triad pairs. You know, because this was a term I didn't even know what that meant until recently. Yeah. I never really thought about it, but I was always hearing those kind of things. Triads being, you know, some of the most um, kind of dom not dominant as in a dominant scale, but just 
dominant sounding elements to how we put together melodic improvisation. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's still let's go over more of the functions of the Lydian dominant, ways okay. you can use okay. it, ways that it's mostly used. So we're going to do this two steps ahead, one step back. Two steps ahead? Well, I like it. Well, let's just try, to, let's just try to go stepwise. Good. Let's try to do that first. Hey, I'm a little jacked up on my, my green <laughs> smoothie here, man. So the most common way you'll use that, and like, like I said, you don't sleep on using it as an alteration for a five chord, but the most common way that, that most jazz musicians use Lydian dominance is for something like a five of five, for uh, you know a dominant chord, a secondary dominant chord, uh, to make it a, a little bit more airy, a little bit less of a gravity like a, a tonic dominant or a or a dominant dominant. Yeah, five so of five. In, in the in the context of a tune, if we take a tune like "Our Love Is Here to Stay." So that first chord, right? That G7 in yep. the key of F. We're in the key of F. We're going to get out of key of C flat. In the key of F. We have a G7. Now this is a perfect opportunity where you can use uh, the Lydian dominant. That It's uh, based off of the D melodic minor, but it's that raised fourth yeah. dominant scale on, on G. Um, we had some listeners from our... It's just, just, you know, that F major, uh, raised fifth, major exactly. seven. Not a preggio you're talking yeah, about, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That, that sound is is really what what you hear a lot of jazz musicians going for. And then from there, you can go to the five. So it yeah. works great as a scale to use over a five of five. A five of five being like in a two, five, one making the two instead of Dorian yep. like a dominant, and you would use that Lydian dominant more often than you would use just a straight mix of Lydian. Yeah, and I love that, the way that you've explained it on this tune, because the the five of five, or you know the two in this case, it almost, you can see how it works better by how this sounds. So if you, like if you go to the five, that's okay, but it doesn't really, yeah. even though it leads up to that nicely, I don't know, it just works better here. You've got choices on the five, you can go... You know, with, with some other alterations, or you can go kind of sus, and then you well, know what sounds really good, which you'll hear in a lot of like string arrangements or whatever, is when you have this Lydian dominant on the two, right? You have this A arpeggio on the top, and then when yeah. you go to the five, you do an altered thing. Yep. Right. So the A arpeggio on top becomes an A flat. Yep. You know, love it. Uh, so the next level of using a Lydian dominant is again on a secondary dominant context, but it's really on what we're going to call a, a cycle of dominance. Uh, think the bridge to rhythm changes, yeah. right? Where we have D7, G7, C7, and then F7. I'll That's a perfect five. time to dominate your Lydian dominant. So on the series of dominants... often hear players use all Lydian dominance on this because or or a mixture of using a Lydian dominant for a bar to something more more dominant like yep. a altered or a half whole scale or something like that but that Lydian dominant because it's more airy mm -hmm. and loose and sort of up in the air yeah it gives us a sense that we're not um that we're not on a tonic that we're somewhere in between something right you know? and I love that because it, it, as we said at the beginning, it's just a little bit of tension, but because you're building it up and yeah. you don't know when it's going to um, resolve, the the added effect, especially over the rhythm change, is a perfect example. You know, it's it's cumulative, cumulative right? right? So by the time you get to the last one, 
you have the memory of the one, but you've gone on such a journey because if you're B flat, once you get to the bridge, you know, the listener, you, you kind of lose feeling of of where the tonic is. But right. when you get here, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So it's just the right amount of tension. Of course, typically other alterations are added, especially once you get to the five, but they're not really needed. Yep. You know, and you can get some good things. A lot of good, you know, uh, pairs that are moving around, interesting melodically as you solo. Uh, triad pairs, I should say. So that's kind of an example of adding a little more tension. Only the flat nine, so it's not strictly um, Lydian dominant, but just adding the flat nine on the five. That's a kind of a cool way to use it too. That's so good, man. Cool. The last way we'll talk about is on a blues. And this is like, you know, there's a blues. You got a list over there? What are you doing? Why are you so much more organized than me, man? Because we've already done this episode. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we've already figured it out. <laughs> okay. uh, the blues is a series of dominant chords. And, you know, typically we'll use a mixolydian. Yeah. Right? But if, again, if we want to air it out, yeah. it's almost, it's almost a, not humorous, but it's more of an airy. Like less sophisticated, yeah. Somehow more angular sound to use a Lydian dominant. Thelonious Monk had Thelonious Monk was a big fan. On that, on on underground, and again when you get to the two five at the end, yeah. You know you can use that Lydian dominant. Monk knew how to how to dominate the Lydian dominant. That's right. So anytime there's like a dominant chord where it's not a five one, this is like prime opportunities for Lydian dominance. Yeah. And, you know, talking about Monk, oftentimes the way that we can kind of go next level off of the Lydian dominant um, is, you know, we think about it being like C7, sharp 11, and then to alter, yeah. and then to one. But that actually is not quite as effective, I think, as like Lydian dominant to then to whole tone, oh, and cool. then to yeah. one. That's a little bit more of a logical or interesting I mean, look, you've got a lot of different choices, but that's one that like Monk would do a lot for sure. Let's hear it. Let's hear an example of this. Would you mind playing two choruses of a blues? Play the first chorus with using mostly mixolydian, no Lydian dominance. Okay, and then play the second chorus leaning more on the Lydian. Okay, so. talk that's a human sound right there that's it is just, no that's yeah. a fun thing and i think too you know what that kind of highlighted was it, it it is light and it is airy but when we're doing it on a blues and we're just doing it on a one like all those other examples we had were really five of five or five to one a, a true dominant kind of function but when we're doing it on a blues on a one chord it still brings out a little bit of that bluesy 
there's that yeah. implication of the blues there. Yeah. And you know, in terms of usage, we'll play with that sometimes. Because it's it's a way to take it from being like super traditional to to a little bit another sort of level. Not a higher level, just a different place. You know, Bebop, I mean Charlie Parker playing a lot of Lydia Number. For sure. But then you can throw in the blues and that note is common between those. It's awesome. So good. Uh, so that's how you dominate Lydian dominance. Enjoy that. I wonder if this episode will ever get out. <laughs> the other so. one is just like, man, it's just lingering there. Maybe that was this a lame one was episode. Better. We were terrible on that anyway. Really? Okay, good. No, it that's was, what it we was, do. It was a perfect you'll hear it episode. Oh, it was. Yeah, <laughs> so. Well, anyway. So we are sponsored by Open Studio Jazz, and we that's actually right. have a beautiful little message from one of our members. Check it out. Hey, this is Rob, longtime listener of the podcast and a big fan of Adam and Pete. I just wanted to tell you all about... Uh, a little thing that happened to me, which tied a bunch of the podcasts together. So Adam and Pete always say, you know, listen, if you're going to play, play your horn, like touch your instrument 15 minutes a day and, uh, and, and don't miss too many days. So I had a day where I was, uh, had missed a couple of days before and uh, wanted to get on the horn and I was just messing around, flailing around. And uh, I was thinking back to the episode of uh, how to rock a 15-minute practice. And I said, okay, I'm going to concentrate for 15 minutes. I'm going to get something done. And I was thinking, they did a recent podcast on the Phrygian mode. I'm like, well, the Phrygian mode. I hadn't thought about that. So I'm going to play the Phrygian scale in all 12 keys. And I know my major scales. And uh, so, I, it, it, so I thought I'd do the Phrygian in all 12 keys. Then I thought, because they'd had an episode on creative scale practice. So I'm going to do the Dorian scale in all 12 keys. I'm going to do it in, in thirds. So I'm fancy, so I'm going to do it alternating up a, up a third, down a third, up a third, because I know my scales. So first of all, I don't know my Phrygian scale at all because I had to relate it back in every instance to the major key. And it's like, that's not how you should really think about the scale. You need to think about it, because I don't think about the Dorian scale that way. It's not a second to a second. It's the Dorian scale. So I got deep into it. I'm like, okay, I don't know the Phrygian scale. So then I did my Dorian scales. And it's good for D Dorian, G Dorian. But do I really know A flat Dorian, up and down, alternating thirds? And the answer is no. So that 15-minute practice session turned into a 45-minute practice session, super efficient, and got it done. That's my story. Awesome. If you want to leave us your open studio story, uh, go to youllhearit.com and leave us a speak pipe, leave us a voicemail. Tell us your story. That's right. Tell us your story. Yeah, yeah. Until tomorrow. You'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs>